Hey everybody, thanks for checking out another episode of the Aaron Advantage podcast. Last time I sat down with Mark Fisher, state CEO for IAR. Today I'm sitting down with Jason Brown, president of the Southwest Indiana Association of Realtors. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, buddy. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for saying yes to this. I think uh, this is something that is super important that most people don't ever take into consideration in their careers or as consumers, and that is... What is the Association of Realtors and what do they do besides help people buy and sell homes? It's so much more than that. It is. And you know, the funny thing is, is if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have said, I, A, I would have given the same answer that 99% of the other people out there would have given. I'd have been like, well, they provide my MLS, of course. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> but um, it's one of those things I don't think I would have actually pursued this direction. Um, you actually were a part of what ultimately pushed me this way. Um, you and our seated state president, also a FC Tucker agent, yep. uh, Andy Rudolph. Um, Who and still hasn't been on the podcast. I'm, I'm coming really, for you. Really, Andy? Working on it. Andy? Your camera's, CE, your camera's the, over here. Really, Andy, the CEO and now the local, and we can't even get the state here? Come on, buddy. Anyway, um, you guys encouraged me to um, – uh, Consider Leadership Academy, the Indiana Association of Realtors Leadership Academy, um, which I obviously did. And that one-year experience should have been one-year experience. <laughs> uh, COVID had to happen, and it took it a little longer, more like an 18-month experience. COVID hit everything in unexpected ways. It did. Um, but that opportunity really and truly kind of changed my direction. It changed a lot of the direction of my mindset. And it really taught me a new thing about what leadership is. I'd always think, thought of leadership being something related to, you know, being the CEO or the boss of your company, um, which I am and I have been for many, many years in different directions and different companies. Um, but even then, I mean, it taught me so much about just doing a better job running and managing my own company. Mm -hmm. But more than anything, it showed me the importance of the association and what the association does and the fact that without people being willing to step up and do their part, it, it's 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 not the kind of thing that's going to run itself. It, it needs other people to step up and do their part. Yeah. You know, Mark and I were actually discussing the, uh, the leadership Academy whenever we spoke here recently, just going over the different things that go in, in into that, which is, you know, education on, uh, team building and running nonprofits and public media speaking, because, you know, as a president of association, when they want some blurb on real estate, they're coming to the top dog and that's you. Um, but all of the other things that went into it and really the relationships that came out of it, that were things I definitely didn't anticipate whenever I got into it. What was the number one takeaway for you from the Leadership Academy that you've implemented and utilized probably day to day, like I have with certain things that, that you think is important for people to know about? You know, there were a lot of different things and, and you hit it right on the head. There's so much information that comes out over that one year period. You know, the media day was great. Understanding the way the association uh, works with our our um, volunteer legislators, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the state level and 
it, it really comes down to that it, it provides so much more than most of our own membership even understands. But I can say undeniably, and, and I can't talk a lot about it. Um, you having been through the Leadership Academy, you know what I'm the direction I'm going, but it has to do with rainbows and colors. Oh, yes. Um, Green, by the way. Yeah, uh, Red, by the way. Uh, you didn't have to tell me. <laughs> we should have switched the windscreens. We, we should have. Uh, the the that was one of the greatest things for me because you you knew me pre leadership academy right and um I've always been one of these guys that I, I I'm not afraid to say what I think I, I usually don't worry about if I offend somebody because sometimes you know you got to call a spade a spade and you got to and you got to call it out but occasionally. I can look back and now say, I probably was offensive in that moment, or I, I probably hurt someone's feelings, or I probably could have handled that a different direction. And that particular series of training and that particular series of understanding what those different colors are and how to look at a person and talk to a person and recognize those colors. Meeting them on their ground. On their ground has done so much for me because... You can't, you know, as a business owner, there are absolutely times that I have to have a conversation with somebody that works for me Mm -hmm. and knowing how to have that conversation based upon their personality type is very, very important. You know, some people, they want you to bring it to them, be direct, say what needs to be said, and then let's get back to work. And other people, you know, you got to sandwich the good with the bad. You got to say, hey, listen, I want you to know you've been doing a great job at X, but what I'd like to talk to you about is you've got this one little thing here. You really screwed up on Y, but Z is looking promising. That's right. And so (laughs) I would say that went into my own career, that was probably the biggest thing. Awesome. Awesome. You touched on something else that kind of came out of that, that I think uh, is important to discuss. And that's things that even our own membership don't realize that the association does. And that's, that's the advocacy. And that's the biggest thing that I think goes under the radar for most people of what a real association of realtors does. You know, I talked with Mark Fisher again about uh, the stuff that we've done at the state with, you know, property tax caps and making sure we don't get a a sales tax on services. I don't think people realize that even at the local levels, we're tracking things with ordinances and other things that are going on and uh, making sure that we're protecting the rights of property owners. Absolutely. You know, when people ask me, um, or more fun when I get to ask them, um, what exactly do you think your association does for you on the local level, on the state level, on the national level, but we'll talk more specifically on the local level. What do you think your association does for you? Mm-hmm. And they go provide my MLS. And I, and I, and I chuckle because that couldn't be further from accurate. They, they actually have almost nothing to do with providing your MLS. Exactly. It is literally Two, two steps down the road, there is a completely third-party entity out there that provides your MLS. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that when you say, well, what do they do? Well, I know they, they, they host CE every year. Yeah, they do. Do you realize that that CE that they're hosting for you comes at a cost? Absolutely. Do you realize that they're spending? That's where your membership dollars get spent. But as you just said, and again, there's a couple of really good ones in play right now. Um, again, the downside of being the seated president and having issues that aren't yet totally, you know, 
panned out. We've got some things locally we're working on right? Um, with the local authorities and the local, and I say authorities, I don't mean, you know, law enforcement. I mean, you know, health departments, assessors, whatever, uh, treasurers. And we are working on some things, protecting the rights and advocating for not only current homeowners, but continuing to protect the availability of homeownership. Um, so I think a lot of those things are very, very important. But I think the the big things that people totally fly by the radar, and since we brought up, you know, the COVID years, let's use that one because to me that's one of the easiest ones we can do. I know on a local level that year we suspended um, association dues or mm-hmm. gave a discount or credit back on association dues to help out during that time. I know at the state level, there was a lot of lobbying done to protect our industry. We were declared essential within days. There were states that went months without the ability for real estate practitioners and realtor professionals to help their clients. They were literally put in a position of limbo and brought their local economies to a screeching halt. The fact that we were able to continue doing the things that we were and help people so much is astounding. It is far and away one of the most impressive things I've seen from any association of realtors in the entire country i wholeheartedly agree and the other big thing that i think goes under the radar is not every and this isn't a bad thing i mean everybody's at a different place in their career Mm -hmm. you know there's there's no uh magic bullet here as to what's a successful career um But the truth of the matter is, is there were even agents that were put in a little bit of a financial squeeze during that time. Just because we were declared essential doesn't mean that maybe they weren't immunocompromised and maybe maybe the ability to get out and work during that time put them at risk. And for the first time ever in a completely self-employed industry, Mm -hmm. um, our Indiana Association was able to work with our state legislature and to get a a pandemic unemployment approved even for these self-employed practitioners and it made the difference of keeping them in business absolutely and i think that those things are what people don't realize this association or these associations do for them yeah and another thing i want to discuss that you know the local uh specifically really jumped in wholehearted on that impressed me a lot was We got into a position where there were so many people who had never heard of, thought of, or considered a virtual showing. Oh, yeah. What what the hell is a virtual showing? How do I do this? What do we do? How does this work? And our association immediately took action, hopping in with education opportunities from agents who are willing and able to share their expertise on how to utilize Zoom so they could have conferences with clients, Mm -hmm. how to utilize a cell phone to go in and do a virtual showing or a video uh, walkthrough for people. And I think the uh, quick action of the association to make sure that they're taking care of people through unknowns is something that people take for granted at this point it's like well why wouldn't they do that of course they're going to do that but that doesn't happen everywhere that's no. that's something that's amazing here no and that's the other thing is is you have to look um as you look nationwide there are a lot of associations um i just came back from washington dc uh the mid-year nar conference yep. and i had an opportunity to meet a lot of the aes through from from different areas both in indiana and other areas and there are associations that um i had an opportunity to visit visit uh, NVAR, uh, North Virginia Association of Realtors. Yep. That's a 13,000 member association. They're in a, just an absolutely stunning and unbelievable $11 million, you know, 
agent-centric based um, office building where they provide places for agents to come and 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 meet with clients and uh, provide tools and training. But I also had the opportunity to meet an AE in charge of a 250-person agency. Oh. And when you are a 250-person association, and when you look at an association of that size, they're going to have limited resources. They're going to have a limited amount of time, and they're not going to be able to provide some of the things that our association here locally did. Um, I, I, no association is perfect and no association does everything right, but it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. And I would say this without a doubt, I would put our SIAR, our Southwest Indiana Association up against just about any in the state, not to, not to besmirch any of those because they're all great associations, but we have an amazing group of people who really and truly are dedicated to doing what's right for the industry. And I think that's, that's the big part of it is your, your leadership team has got to be focused on what's right not just for the association, because that's the first big thing right. is they have to be focused on what's right for the association. What's right for the association may not be what's right for any individual director right. or any individual member of the executive directors, but it it. It has to be what's best for the members. It's got to be what's best for the association as a whole. Um, you used Zoom training as an example. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you one of the instructors in some of that training? Uh, I did. I did <laughs> uh, a little bit of that training. Uh, Zoom was uh, not me. I'm going to give the shout out there to Casey McCoy. Uh, yep. He was the one who came in and was like, hey, here's a product. Nobody had heard of Zoom before. And he was yeah. like, guys, use this. It's it's free to use as long as you have one-on-one -on -one FaceTime and all this different stuff. That was great. I got to come in and show them how to utilize uh, technology for virtual showings. Well, okay. And so those two things right there are perfect examples of what I'm talking about. That's where we're going to talk about the, 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 the servant leaders in our mm -hmm. association that are going to step forward. What would have been best for the Aaron the Aaron Advantage team and, and Aaron Luttrell as a whole would have been to keep that technology for himself and go, I'm the only guy who could do hey, this. Hey, I'm the only guy in town who knows how to do virtual showings. You guys want to still look at houses during this pandemic? Not a problem. Give me a call. I'm your guy. And instead, what you did is you came forth and said, I want all thousand of you or nearly 1,000 of you in this association to have this tool and know how to use it. And I'm going to give it to you and show you how to do it because I'm not going to keep it for myself and I'm not going to use it as a tool for my betterment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use it as a tool to better the industry as a whole and continue to make homeownership opportunities and advocacy for the population of home buyers out there. Absolutely. Most important. And that's a perfect example. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I want to I want to switch gears here a little bit, and uh, this is going to be a tough topic for me, and I know it's going to be one that you absolutely love um, to discuss, <laughs> and it's going to be, uh, you know, we've done advocacy, we've done education. Another thing that people don't take into consideration is the philanthropy side of what realtors do. You know, we've heard about the Good Neighbor Awards, about people who do amazing things in their communities, who give back of their time and their talent and their own money at times to make sure that the communities they serve are well represented. You recently convinced me to do something I absolutely hated, in theory, mm -hmm. uh, for a wonderful organization called Granted. Mm -hmm. 
So let, let, let's talk a little bit about how you got me to rappel down a nine-story building, even though I absolutely hate heights, well, and why we did it. Well, I, I think that I'll back up, and again, I will thank you for um, being so willing to jump in there and participate with me. Um, Somewhat willing. It, it took a few phone calls. Yeah, well, we got it done. Um you're right. I think one of the things that as an association we need to do and we have to do is we have to give back to the community that gives so much to us. Um, and sometimes that give back is to this organization and sometimes it's to this organization. You know, we do have to spread the wealth and we do have to kind of share back and give back of our time. And without even totally jumping straight into the granted thing just yet, you know, there are tons of agents locally that go unspoken, unrecognized, and unmentioned that are doing things um, every single day, giving back to their community, giving back um, of their time, of their resources, of their money, um, of their their hours of the day and the energy. You know, that's the number one thing that most people don't realize is, is a, a real estate agent's number one asset the number one thing we have is ours there's only 24 of them in a day and even if you're lucky enough that you can sleep five and function (laughs) you know and you can eat twice a day in 30 minutes so there now you've given up six that's got 18 left and and a lot of times i'm sure you're you're you can say this as well it's not enough not enough and that's just on running our businesses or doing whatever else we're doing. That's not some of the give back stuff. Right. And so, yes, the association absolutely makes it a point every year to do that. But I don't want to just talk about that without at least recognizing right. that beyond the six of us that that day went down the face of that building, there are other people out there at all times doing things and giving back. A hundred percent. Now, the Granted organization, um, Granted is an organization that uh, gives money to grant wishes to sick and or potentially terminally sick uh, children. Children. Uh, much like Make a Wish, who there is a perfect example. I'm going to give another shout out here to uh, a Tucker agent in town, Christina Rhodes. One of our national good uh, neighbor recipients. National good. I mean, she does so much work with that organization. Um, locally nationally you and i even had an opportunity we built a uh, cottages for kids we, we built a cottage for kids that we gave away and donated one year for for helping out her organization if i remember correctly i was looking through some photos recently and i had uh, it pop up in my like photo memories on my iphone telling me that was about five years ago this past week that yeah. we were building that cottage we were building that and uh you know so christine is a great example um but we got onto her by talking about Make a Wish. Granted, is much like Make a Wish. Um, they're out there granting wishes for for children, and so they had a fundraiser, and the idea actually started with the South Bend Association. Yep. Uh, the South Bend Association uh, had expressed that they were going to do something like this, and they threw it in front of one of the staff members at our association office, who. I believe thought they were being funny when they threw it to me as the president. And they're like, hey, we got this great idea. Look what South Bend's doing. You ought to do something, too. As it turns out, this there's going to be one of these in Evansville to help raise money for granted. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And they were like, what? Are you serious? 
And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And I was like, but here's the deal. If I'm going to do it, I want to put together a team. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. Um, And the risk in putting together a team is that – it's it's a thousand dollars per person per person that we're committing to raise for this particular organization, and you know how big do you let a team get before you go? Now wait a minute, we actually got to be able to get this money, you know. And so we put together six. We had six great people that day, um, three guys, three girls, and I think that probably the most fun of the whole thing for me was the fact that. You are such a, a a great public speaker. You love you love to teach. You love to give back. You love to do things. But when we uh, they, they suited us the roof. well, they suited us up downstairs, and we get on an elevator and we go up the stairs, and it's kind of quiet. Nobody's saying much. And then the door opens up, and we're not even actually on like you know a floor of the building. It's the local Center Point building, Center Point Energy building, and we're not actually even on the floor. It's of like the, the mechanical. It's like the, the mechanical the place room. they never want you to see. Yeah, it's all like battleship gray, and they've got yellow caution tape <laughs> that creates the the hallway. And we're kind of walking through, and everybody's got all this propelling gear hanging I, off of them. I think it was you who said, did anyone else feel like we're walking up to the space shuttle That's right exactly now? Exactly, <laughs> it was me, because I wanted to break the silence. And, you know, everybody just kind of be quiet. And everybody chuckled but you. And I was like, oh, wow, he's really getting in the zone for this. And then we run around this corner, and I'm thinking, okay, well, where's the door to get on the roof? And I realized there's like a ladder that goes to a... <laughs> the stairs. Three, yeah, they call it a stairs. It's a ladder that goes to like a three-by-three three scuttle hole. And boy, oh, boy, I'll tell you what I didn't expect. It wasn't that I, I mean, it was a beautiful day out there, but I didn't realize being at now on the, probably the 10th story, I guess, of that building on Evansville's riverfront, there's a nice breeze comes off that river pretty much 24 seven. There is indeed. And nice breeze is such an understatement. It it was a gusty wind. It was damn windy. (laughs) was. And so they go over and they're rigging us all up and they're getting us all ready to go. And again, you're not saying much. And after each person goes through their rigging and their safety training, that there's, there's the, the, the group there that are doing the interviews from the top. And then there's another group at the bottom. And I said, Aaron, you're going to have to figure out how to speak because that's the only time in my life I've ever seen you silent for like 35 minutes and that was the absolute best part of the entire day if you ask me it was the uh the interview process you did break out of your shell and you and you said what needed to be said and then when we walked back over you and i were the last two i believe to yep. go yes we were and uh when you uh got up there i could see for the first time i could truly see the fear in your eyes you know i would have thought becoming a father or you know working in real estate in general it or- prepares you for a lot of things sitting backwards with with your feet hanging over the side of a building, nothing prepares you for that. You know, all I kept thinking to myself was, because I really tried not to focus on exactly what it was we were doing, um, what I kept trying to think was, there's no way an organization that's out here generating money for such a worthy cause and there's television crews and all of this, surely they're not going to let one of us fall and splat on the ground, are they? They would and not. And so I was just convinced that no matter how screwed up I might have done it, that there was no way they were going to let us hit the ground. You knew you were making it safely to the ground. And, I, and I'll tell you, that once I got going, I kind of like relaxed a little bit and I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. And I was very happy to have done it. Um, but that wind, I'll tell you, that was, that was something that, uh, that I was battling the whole way down. I know you were too. Sure. So, um, 
I think as soon mo- as I hit the ground, the first question I was asked was, do you think you'll do it again? And I told, I think it was Ryan O'Brien, and I said, maybe. And he goes, maybe. I go, way better than the hard pass I was going to give you, buddy. (laughs) I think the important thing to look at is not only did all six of us go down, which means we were able to raise just over our $6,000 required, the organization as a whole that day. We helped them raise over $265,000 for that organization. Just over a quarter of a million dollars in one day for a cause that's focused on providing wishes for sick and potentially terminally sick children. I just don't think I can come up with a more worthy cause to do that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, I'm all about it. And you're right. You did say you would think, and if I remember correctly, I think I said, you know, I won't be the president next year, but if we'd like to jump out of a plane, who's down? And I said, hell no. Yeah, I think everybody (laughs) said hell no. All right. Well, Jason, I've taken up a bunch of your time, but there's one thing I really want to touch on before we end this podcast. And that's the question that I think that is tough for a lot of people, because it's like, hey, I got into real estate to make money. I want to I want to do my business and I want to go home. And you are the kind of person who is in a position where this position as president of the association is a commitment. And it's not just a one-year commitment. It's actually a three-year commitment from the time you're president-elect, president, and immediate past president of our association. And a lot of people look at that and say, it's just going to impact my pocket. Why would I ever do that? And I know for a fact that that is something that goes through a lot of people's minds. And I want them to know, hey, here's why you need to do this. Here's, Here's the benefit that you get, the enjoyment that you can receive from the position that you hold. So talk a little bit about how it's impacted you, obviously not from the business standpoint, but as an individual and what you've been able to do to impact our industry with this commitment that you've decided to take on. You are right. Is it? It is actually a three-year commitment um, because once you get um, voted into that, you're basically voted in as the president-elect. You automatically become the president, and then you serve as the immediate past president. So each each one of those roles holds a slightly different level of responsibility. You know, as president-elect, one of your primary goals for that year is fundraising for our political action committee. Um, We don't, obviously, that's not something we fundraise for outside of our organization. You must be a member to be a part of that. But it it helps to generate the dollars to help. With those advocacy efforts. Absolutely. It works on that advocacy. And so I was very pleased to help be a part of that that, that party that year and that fundraiser. And I think we did a pretty good job that year. He's being humble. He broke the record for our association for the highest level of contributions ever raised. So. I'm, I'm going to say that I didn't. I had a whole team of people that helped me, and I'll throw something into the fact that maybe it's just because it was the first post-COVID year people wanted to spend a little. And not only that, I think they also recognize the importance of those uh, advocacy dollars by allowing us to be essential Absolutely. workers through that time as well. So it definitely made my job of of pushing why it was so important uh, a lot easier that year. A lot easier that year. And then your year as president, I'm not going to lie, that's the one that takes up your time. And, you know, like you said, people are scared to get in because they're like, what's our number one commodity's time? And I don't have enough time to give up. Here's the way I look at it. Do I give up some time this year? Sure, I do. Um, Has it maybe had some sort of an impact on my individual sales? Maybe. Um, But again, 
this is one of the things I said, that when you make the decision to move into servant leadership into an association like this, you have to not make that decision based upon what's best for you. You have to make that decision based upon how can I make an impact for the association as a whole that if in theory I do a good job and I can really take it serious and I can go in here and I can try to do something to make an impact, but in the long run, I'll make it back tenfold. Yeah. And that's been my biggest thing. Um, you know, I had I had a board of director member, a member of our board of directors, actually just this week we had a conversation and it was it was a it was a eye-opening conversation for me yep. because he said to me, he said, you know, when you got elected in your PE year, he goes we knew at that moment you were the, and he said, and I don't want to offend you with this. He said, you were the Trump election. <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, let's, let's hear how you got to that. I, I've got some ideas of where this is going. <laughs> he said, you were the wild card. Yeah. He said, you were the one that nobody really knew. I mean, you hadn't previously expressed an interest in leadership until after Leadership Academy. Right. I went to Leadership Academy in 2020 mm-hmm. and, um, I was elected in 2021. Yeah. Um, I was elected. You were still technically in Leadership Academy, I believe, when the election took place. I sort of was, only because of the the <laughs> mild time constraint due to final meetings. But um, yes, I mean, I ran for the board of directors. I was uh, elected for the board of directors, um, and then in my very, very, very first meeting on the board of directors, I was nominated as the president elect, and and it was an unusual place for me to be. And I, I, I can say undeniably, um, I wasn't elected as the president elect because they were like, Oh wow, this guy's going to be the greatest guy on earth for the job. (laughs) It's because, Oh wow, look, this guy doesn't know what's involved yet. Let's get him to do it before he (laughs) figures it out. And, uh, but I'm glad they did. I really am glad they did because it gave me an opportunity to do some things. And I like being the wild card. And by being the wild card, I mean, I don't have an agenda. The only agenda that I have is what's best for the association and our industry as a whole. There's a lot of other wild cards that are coming at us from all kinds of different angles. And so being able to adapt and and recognize what's best and implement plans of change and things like that, I'll say I've been impressed with the the conversations that you and I have had and the things that we're working on and different Mm -hmm. things. I, I think you were the right guy for the job. I appreciate that. We'll see. You know, I've, I've got uh, every, every meeting I have, I go home uh, that night and tell my wife, you know, I'm, I'm down to this many meetings left as the president. <laughs> and then she's like, well, you still got all next year. And I was like, listen, honey, you don't understand. As president elect, that's that's kind of like in the police world, what they call retired on duty. Yeah. That's like your last year. You know, you retire in December. <laughs> oh, as past president, you mean? I think you said president elect. Past president. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. It's past gotcha. president. That's your retired on duty year. You know, you got to go to the calls that matter, but the, the being and the this, that, and the other. You sit back and you let those rookies take that. Um, my big thing is uh, past president is I've got to do the past president's breakfast. <laughs> and uh, my good buddy, John, who is our current uh, 
John Zor, who is our current past president, he uh, he just did that uh, a couple weeks ago. We yep. went to the past president's breakfast, and he kind of walked over and he patted me on the back, and he goes, "The rest of it's you, baby." <laughs> so that's that's pretty much the end of his responsibilities. But you know, he's he's definitely done his time too, and so I've really enjoyed it. I really have. I'm going to do the best I can the rest of this year to continue to advocate for what's right for everybody, and and really try to find that middle ground. And, and try to do what's best for everybody I, and the association as a whole. Hey, man, couldn't, couldn't tell you how much uh, as, as a professional who uh, is one of the younger guys in the industry, but who's been around for a long time. Um, I've seen a lot of things change over the years, and I'll say that I'm uh, I'm excited to see the changes that you've started implementing, the things that we're going to be doing and the uh, work that we're going to continue to do uh, on the second half of the year. You're, you're almost through the first half, buddy. So um I, I think I've taken up a lot of your time already today. I really appreciate you coming in and talking about the association, which is the behind the scenes things that people don't realize that we've got going. If there was absolutely one thing, one takeaway, one important piece of information that you want to close us out with today, what would that be? Don't be afraid to step up and serve. It can be one of the most rewarding aspects of your career. And you don't have to start to the board of directors. Join a committee. You know, when that email comes out from the board office that says, hey, committees are open. Who wants to join a committee? Get involved in a committee. If you're a good party planner, get on the programs and events committee. Um, If you're somebody that wants to get into the nuts and bolts of what's going on, look into the policy and bylaw committee. If you want to help grow the organization with our affiliate members, our affiliate members are basically our our inspectors, our, our vendors who come vendors, in, title the, companies, service yeah, the transaction, service the transaction. You know, get on the affiliate task force. There are so many committees out there that you can get involved with and get to do. Um, the scholarship committee. We just had that meeting last week. Um, this association gives out five scholarships a year um, to the children or grandchildren of our membership. Um, and when I say scholarships, we're talking college scholarships. Yep. And, um, you know, that is such a hard process. You want to give everybody that applied one. But get involved. Step up. Get involved. Because I've said it before. Don't bitch. If you're not willing to help, if you're not willing to come in and be a part of the problem, don't bitch about things because you don't even really know what goes into into implementing the changes that you want. So if nobody else is going to police our business and and grow our business, it's time for you to step up and do it. Couldn't have said it better, any better myself. Jason, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to the rest of the year. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.